0: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast, I'm Rick Gaiman and we are still in Hawaii making the short little flight from Maui over to Oahu in Honolulu for this week's Sony Open. And to break it all down, I've brought in the namesake, Kyle Porter. Good morning, happy new year and aloha.
1: Yes, aloha. (laughs) Hello, goodbye. We are not still in Hawaii, but the PGA Tour is in Hawaii. (laughs) We,
0: we as like, you know, our, our, our spirit, our, uh, you know, our eyeballs, our ears, we're, uh, we're focused on Hawaii.
1: For sure. I, I was, uh, you know, I was disappointed. Like we, we had a really fun time with the podcast last night on Sunday night after the tournament of champions, but I was disappointed because I know JT's your guy. I know you had a ton of takes, so I'm gonna just give you the floor. Just empty the chamber here. Let's get let's let's hear what you have to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so much to take away from this. Y- you are correct. I'm a big Justin Thomas champion. I think he's awesome in every way. Um, it, it's kind of crazy to think that in in this world of of Rory and Brooks and now Tiger again, JT has led the tour in you know he's won the money title two of the last three years and it actually kind of infuriates me a little bit that he that he hurt himself uh at the Honda last year because i'm thinking what could have been right like he missed so many starts and even when he did come back he wasn't the same because this guy is absolutely world's number 1 material um i'm just super stoked for for what he's going to do in in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and 2032 like who knows like this guy um Really has an unbelievable skill set and I think he's just going to be piling up trophies. He better get a new room, uh, at home for all the, all the, all the trophies on the shelf.
1: (laughs) I mean, I just, I just wrote an article about, you know, him having 12 wins through his first 142 PGA tour starts, you know, 12 wins at that age at 26. I think, I think we do the tiger thing where tiger's shadow suppresses how Incredible guys like JT and Spieth have been. I mean, yeah. think about like the time between, I don't know, like the late 2000s, early 2010s. If you look at like the at the career PGA Tour uh, like the the most wins list, there's nobody from that era really on there. It's guys that like Rory and JT and Spieth who have come after that. DJ even after that a little bit, but you don't get like the Westwood, the Luke donalds so I think. I think there was sort of like a gap there between like the really heavy Tiger stuff in this mm-hmm. era. And I don't know. I just – I think JT is – I think JT is historically good. And I've gotten kind of crap for like talking about him as potentially one of the 20 or 25 best guys all time. Obviously, he's not there yet, but the potential is there. And you can't say that about, uh I don't know, 99% of guys on the PGA
0: Tour. Yeah, it's funny. The the Tiger Woods thing, it's a double-edged sword. He, he only gets compared to himself and major victories, but also a lot of these other guys only get compared to him in a sense of, like, Tiger's already done it. Where, like, if you remove Tiger from a lot of these unbelievable statistics, like, Tiger's such an outlier. If you just remove him, there are guys in this era who are doing really unprecedented historical things, JT being one of them, but they kind of, to your point, Kyle, go overshadowed a little bit because Tiger kind of already trailblazed a little bit.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean even I was looking at Phil. Phil through his first one forty two events, which is what JT had on on Sunday, he had eleven wins and JT's got twelve. And and obviously we know that, you know, Phil's majors came later on. That that's a big thing for JT. I mean he would trade his twelve for Brooks's seven, right? Because yeah. four of those were, were majors. So I mean, that's going to be kind of what uh, makes or breaks it for him in terms of like historical achievement. I was thinking about this as I was watching. Who do you think is more underrated between JT and, uh, and Xander Shoffley? Because I think, you know, those are two guys that are, I don't know, they're pretty interesting. Xander's won a lot. He's only played, I think like 82 PGA tour events in his career. Yeah. So he, he's, he's pretty short on his career in terms of starts, but I'm curious about who you think is more underrated out of those two.
0: Yeah, I I, I think Xander is incredibly underrated, but I think who is more underrated still has to be JT because of kind of the historical aspect that we're putting him in. Now it's the it's the twelfth win. You know, he passes the the great thing is he passes Spieth, and I think you mentioned it last night. Like they're never going to be tied again. Like like no. you just you just assume JT uh just you know just starts sprinting away here at some point. Geez, he might do it again this week, but um I still think that Justin Thomas being the the fourth ranked player in the world. Racking up wins at a historical clip and at an age that is really unprecedented um, is still underrated because, you know, if you ask a, a general golf fan, hey, name the top two or the top three best golfers right now. Like, I don't know how many times you get JT. You're always going to get Tiger. You'll get some Roy. You might get some Brooks. And then you can kind of interchange a lot of these guys. It's not like JT would be a surefire answer every single time.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I wish I would have thought of this last night. Brendan Porath tweeted it. Uh, he said the decade of JT begins. And I thought that was, uh, I thought that was the perfect way to put it because it's, yeah. it's gonna be, it's gonna be his prime, like the prime, like 27, 28, 29, 30, uh, of his career. And when the decade ends, he'll be, he'll be 36 and kind of on that, not the other side of it necessarily, but for somebody like him who swings the way he does and, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if the swing holds up until he's like 50, you know, we'll see, yeah. but I just think this decade is, it has real potential to, you know, there'll be other guys that win a ton. It has real potential for us to look back on it 10 years from now when we're still doing this podcast, of course. <laughs> of and, course. uh, and look at the 20s like we looked at Rory in the 2010s. I really think <laughs> that.
0: In 10 years, you won't have to download this podcast. We will just beam it directly into your brain. So you won't have to worry about that. There will just, just all, be miniature,
1: there will be like miniature holograms of us in your brain.
0: Yeah. Like just oh, talking. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, all right. So there, there's a couple of great notes and we kind of covered some of these, you know, Justin Ray from, from the 15th club, um, tr- trying to put into perspective some of the things that came out of it. And we, we covered them, but just to kind of shout this out here. I mean, JT's 12th. Career PGA Tour title, uh, 12 wins under the age or before the age 27. You know that list is Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, Sam Snead. You know 12 wins in the last five years. Uh, the only other two guys that have done that are are, are Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy. The guys that are next on that list. I mean, it's just unbelievable stuff, both historically and currently. That uh, yeah. I mean, the 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 last decade for Rory was so great because he came onto the scene like boom. First win was was 2010. It was like the perfect 10 year stretch for him. Feels like we're getting that from JT.
1: Yeah, no, totally. I, and and that's sort of why I wish I would have thought of the and and <laughs> you know, I think I think some of the Rory. So Rory has more wins through his first 142 than JT did, and and I think some of that's a little. I don't know. Maybe it's fair because uh, JT played college and then he played Corn Ferry, and Rory played Euro Tour a little bit before he came over to the PGA Tour. So maybe maybe their like starting points on the PGA Tour coincide better than I'm thinking. Uh, but it it just seemed like Rory had a little bit more professional experience than JT did, and yet he's only two wins ahead of him at the same point uh, in, in terms of career starts. Now. Again, it goes back to the major thing, and that's what it's going to be all about. But I don't know. This is what I wrote in my piece. You can make a lot worse bets than betting on JT to be the player of the decade in the 20s.
0: Yeah, until, you know, five years from now, someone we've never even considered comes in and just run, you know, yeah. runs over. But no, you're absolutely right. He's certainly the front runner and the the tour and Justin Thomas loves Hawaii. He's going to get to stay there. The tour is going to turn to the Sony Open this week. But before we do that, uh there's a couple of uh, non-Sony storylines that I want to kind of get your opinion on and see if we could hash these out a little bit. Uh, Jay Monahan, PGA Tour Commissioner, had a press conference at Kapalua, kind of looking ahead for the 2020 season. And a few of the takeaways that I think we should chat through, uh, the first being the slow play policy. So there's been a lot of talk about slow play recently. You know, people are recording on PGA Tour Live on their phones and posting it on Twitter and getting everybody all fired up. And, um, Jay Monahan kind of says, you know, there might be measures that will target players over groups instead of putting an entire group on the clock might be something that influences players on a more individual level. So for for you, Kyle, um, the PGA Tour, I, I think you noted this is kind of a little lagging behind on this when you compare it to the Euro Tour.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and it and it's hard like any this is not a PGA tour related uh thing. It's any large organization that's the biggest in their industry. They're often almost always going to be the slowest to respond to stuff like you, you know, pro- issues or problems or or perceived problems even. Right. And the the Euro tour, I think they they're like whatever, we'll try anything, you know, and it doesn't it doesn't seem to like affect their product or it, it's almost part of their brand is to try anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think you, you compare some of the stuff that they've done in terms of being more proactive about it compared to the PGA tour. And then the other part of it is like, sometimes I'm like, do do people really care about this? Or is That's it just, I was going to ask, <laughs> is it just me and you and Noah up and Brennan Porath and Andy Johnson talking on Twitter and saying, man, we care about this a lot, you know, because sometimes it just feels like a lot of this is like the echo chamber of of Twitter or of of us texting or, or whatever. And I'm like, does my dad care about this? Does <laughs> does the general golf fan does do do ninety eight percent of golf fans even care that Bryson plays in you know four forty instead of like four twenty five? I don't know. I and, and I don't and I think you have to consider like how it materially affects your product, you know yeah. uh, some of this stuff is uh and 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 i I think golf is too slow, but I also don't know that I think there's a way to to broadcast it in a way that doesn't really yep. show that you know and that's that's the majority of your people is who's watching on TV so I don't know that's kind of some of my thoughts on on slow play right now
0: that's where I'm at so i I was going to say to you because I didn't have another way to really frame it I was going to be like. Does this matter? Like, does slow play even matter? Because if you're, if you're attending an event, like, I'm out there for however many hours, right? Five, six, eight, nine, like, I could be out there all day. The difference, and I'm standing at a hole, the difference over, you know, Bryson grinding an, a minute and a half on a read or two minutes makes literally zero difference to me. Um if I'm watching on TV for the most part I'm not even seeing a lot of the in between stuff. Uh it's like the PGA Tour live product where you're you know or you're following a very small group or like you see it at like zo- you know or like the skins The Skins game at Zozo, where like, oh crap, we have to fill a lot of time in between these guys actually hitting shots. Now we're actually showing them read the putt from every single angle, and people are like, this is crazy. I didn't know they did that, but you just never saw it before. So I, I do think this is more of a broadcast issue than it is an actual tour slow play issue.
1: Yeah, and I think I think there's also a competitive advantage issue, you know, is it... Does it make the shot easier to take? Ten minutes to analyze it rather than uh, one. Yeah. Uh, maybe, like, like very marginally, but you start adding that stuff up, and so it's like, you know, it's like having a shot. It's like if the Lakers and the the Bucks are playing, and you're like, well, the Lakers get a twenty eight second shot clock. Yeah. And you're like, well, okay, does that? What does that mean? You know? And and so, I do think there needs to be some sort of I don't know. To me, it's more of a competitive advantage issue than than maybe anything else. Um, and I think there has to be some sort of enforcement there because I, I don't know. I think the players care about that, and I think they
0: should care about it. So Dec- decision making is a skill. I agree. I, r- real quick, what what's a good punishment? I don't know what a good punishment is. I, I'd hate to see you know strokes added. I think that would be insane. I think fining is interesting, but if you're if you're putting for a million dollars or the difference between first and second and it's 750 grand, I'm happy to take a fine to take an extra minute if I make sure that I'm ready to go, something like that. So I, I don't know how you enforce this outside of just like a hard shot clock.
1: Yeah. I I think uh I mean what's the punishment in in uh you know football or basketball for not playing within the 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 play clock or the shot clock, like you you lose possession. So what's the right. equivalent of that in golf? I I don't know. Maybe it's a, taking a bo- has to
0: hit the shot for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: one of us one of us has to take uh, taking a bogey on a hole and moving to the next. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it, it you either don't have it or you have to enforce it for for I think for the way that players view the thing.
0: Yeah, it's, it does, I will agree and that, that's a good bow to put on it is the, the players care about it. So something is going to happen, will have to happen and they'll just have to figure out, uh, what the best path to go down is. Now, the other storyline to come out of this, uh, press conference in, in Maui was the tour, you know, it took them a while, but they're starting to open up to getting into, you know, uh, sports betting, whether it's fantasy golf now that DraftKings is an official partner and, uh, James Monahan mentioned a, an agreement with IMG Arena to uh, kind of get a lot of the stats out there, the shot link data, which then will inevitably lead to uh, a betting program that can be accessed on your mobile devices. And he says something is coming. I, you know, within the first six months of the year, probably not to the point where you'll be at the event. You know, I won't roll up to, uh, Tory Pines in a couple of weeks and, and place my wager on a kiosk or anything like that. But in theory, at some point, I'd be able to whip out my phone and, and place some type of wager. So the PGA tour, Kyle, generally slower to move on, on some of these things. Other leagues, uh, the NBA have, you know, have embraced this. Uh, how do we feel about the PGA Tour kind of now coming into 2020, the new, new, new decade, baby? Yeah. Well, when there's money to be made on it, it's, you know, that's right. And, and
1: look again, like that's not a criticism of the PGA Tour. Like these are business decisions. When, when it comes to slow play, is there money to be lost? I don't know. Probably, maybe not, you know, and so I get why they don't, they're not super proactive on it. When it comes to gambling, is there money to be made? Yeah, absolutely. So you see more movement there especially in the last six months or a year. And that's, again, like I think we criticize – or I think the PJ Tour gets criticized a lot. They're making business decisions. And yeah. do we agree with all of them? No. But there's no company that you would agree with every single decision that they made. I'm curious about um, your perspective. Like why – I guess I don't totally understand why the shot link data is needed for uh, some of these like – like some of the gambling stuff, like what, what, what is, do you, do you know what the reason behind that
0: is? I, I would envision it goes something like this, cause this is what we've seen from other sports is, you know, you can place a bet on the outcome of a full game of basketball, for example. And for golf, you can bet, you know, J- John Roms 10 to 1 to win this, but then inevitably all of these competitors want to start offering smaller, quicker turnaround bets. So now you're betting on who's going to be the leader after one round. And then you're betting on um, eventually is Tiger Woods going to make a par birdie or bogey on this hole. And I think what, what tends to happen is that shot link data, which in theory is coming in in real time, is going to allow you to um, make bets and pay out bets uh, very, very quickly on what the results of the hole are. And then your users would also be able to have on this mobile program, you know, if I bet that Tiger's going to make a, a birdie. I want to be able to sweat that, right? I want a place where I can see his tee shot was 310 in the right rough, and now he's going to have to figure something out from there, right? So I think it's not only a way to place the bet on a lot of these, uh, you know, smaller, quicker turnaround bets, but also a way that you can view uh, the progress of your bet out as it's going on.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And, I mean, that's what people already do at events, right? Like, Yeah, of course. They're, they're already like, <laughs> I'll bet you 20 bucks Tiger makes a birdie or whatever. Right. So I think it makes sense for that to be, uh, to, to come to fruition with your, your phone or iPad or whatever. I, I kind of like the, uh, you know, every year, uh, got people that go to the open championship. They, they get to go to the, the betting spots yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I think that's kind of cool. I would love to see that. And I think, you know, it, it's part of the fun of, Sometimes I'll go with my in-laws to the, to the racetrack, to the race, yep. to, to, uh, you know, watch the, the horses race. And part of the fun is getting the slip and following it. I don't <laughs> know. It, it's kind of an experience, you know? And so I think that would be cool to have at, at some of these golf events.
0: Yeah. Even a $2 bet uh makes almost anything more interesting right you know someone uh, you know there's a lot of guys and a lot of casual fans if you go to an event that you, you might not know some of these golfers right. but hey if if i'm like okay this guy um i i think this guy's gonna make a birdie here like i'm his biggest fan for the next three shots or whatever it ends up taking like i just think it's good for the game it grew and we see this in the fantasy world like fantasy golf uh players probably know more about the field and more players in the field than a lot of the casual fans because they're kind of in it more often. And I think that's right. good for the game that you're able to identify who some of these other golfers are outside of the world's top 10.
1: Yeah. You're like, why are you the world's biggest Bryce Garnett fan?
0: And, <laughs> right. and it's like, well, you
1: want me $11 at the Phoenix open one year,
0: right? It's, it's really something that, uh, I think opens up a lot of possibilities and, you know, brings in a lot of, Uh, you know, younger people and just more, more ways to get, to get fans interested in, in the game. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's great. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we've got the Sony open preview, uh, which we will take on the other side. But for right now, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express business gold card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing
2: of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash
0: business gold card. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up Honolulu, Hawaii. I will say this tournament has a little, uh, special place in my heart because this is the first event I ever saw live. Um, I want to say, oh, gee, six or seven years ago, my sister was living in Hawaii. We were visiting. We went over for the Sony Open. And, and I think you know this, Kyle. And I would highly encourage anyone who can get to an event live because when you see some of these guys, Bryce Garnett, who, you know, might be 150 (laughs) in the world, 200 and they still hit the ball, like I have never seen before, and I have never heard before. I saw guys, like it sounded like shotguns coming off of their club face. I was in awe, and I did not really appreciate how good these guys were until I saw them in person,
1: yeah, totally and I think part of the fun if you 've never been to an event uh especially at like a major because it's kind of it's kind of buzzy is go out to the driving range, you know yeah. go out and and watch guys practice different shots. Uh, pump drives against the back net or, or whatever the case. Uh, that's awesome. And to stand out there, cause you can usually get a good spot depending on what day it is. Uh, some of that stuff, you're like, whoa, this is, this is different than I thought. It, it always is in professional sports. And especially with like, uh, I mean, some of the stuff, uh, uh just being around Kepka and watching him hit balls, it's like, what, what is this? Like, it's, it's, you're talking about, <laughs> <What is this? laughs> you're talking about like, top, like the 150th guy, and it's like, he's, he doesn't even do the same stuff as the 150th guy. It feels like a different sport. It's, it's wild. So yeah, anybody that can do that, I, I
0: would, uh, I would recommend as well. Yeah. So Sony Open, uh, YLI Country Club, the host of this event since 1965. Quite a long partnership. Uh, it's a par 70, about 7,000 yards, and we will not be seeing Jordan Speeth here. You and I are both really excited to see what comes out of Jordan Speeth in 2020. I think he's one of the more interesting storylines, but he, he is battling a little cold. So, uh, we're not going to see him. Yeah. Didn't, didn't this happen a couple years ago? Didn't he have like, uh, didn't he have mono a couple years ago and like couldn't? Man, do you I remember that? It kind of sounds now. I'm like googling Jordan Speeth mono and I'm terrified <laughs> of what could possibly come up, but like it does sound.
1: I'm pretty right. sure. I'm pretty sure that happened a couple years ago and, and he had a uh, kind of a slow start to whatever the year. I think it was like 18. I think it was maybe 18, but Sony open last year was the first time where I heard him talk about his swing and I, I felt genuinely worried or I was like, Oh gosh. Like I don't, I don't know if or when this is going to get better. So, you know, it's kind of a bummer because he would have been other than JT kind of the primary storyline, but. Yeah, you want guys like that healthy for for Masters, PGA Players Championship, those tournaments coming up.
0: Yeah, it looks like he did a uh, battle mono at the beginning of the 2018 year. So you are correct, sir. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> uh, we're we're going to get 21 of the of the 34 who we saw in Maui last week. They're headed to, to Honolulu. This is the first full field event um, we've seen a, kind of a lot of different winners and there's you know a couple different ways to play this course in my opinion but you know Kuchar is going to be here to defend his championship Justin Thomas who you know goes out and shoots a, a 59 a couple of years ago and wins this thing he's going to be in attendance he's the, the the big favorite and what we'll do is we'll we'll go over the betting uh, and DFS preview uh with Greg DuCharm in full tomorrow but uh there are a handful of names at deckies here like there's a, a a contingent of four or five guys at the top that are uh certainly noteworthy yeah for sure and
1: you know obviously JT's the headliner it, it would be crazy if he picked up another Hawaii win somebody uh, Ryan Ballangi said on Twitter we should start calling him General Eisenhower cuz he loves the Pacific Rim wow. like he just he just owns like you know, Asia and, yeah. and Hawaii and all these, all these events. He said on, he said on, uh, in his press round Sunday night after the tournament of champions that he said, sign me up for another 59. Cause somebody asked him like, you know, you're going to try sh- something just, you, I don't know, whatever. But like, are you going to try to shoot 59 again? He's like, well, I mean, yeah, sign me up. Like if right. I could, if I could do it. I think this course Rick is, I think it's so interesting. Cause I think it brings so many different guys into play. It's kind of the, I, I would call it like the Zach Blair effect, right? It's it <laughs> is where is where, yeah. you know, places like this and Harbortown Colonial, like Zach Blair can't go in at, uh
0: I don't know, Bethpage. Like yeah, he, he's there's just There's like not gonna... six. There's like six spots a year Zach Blair's in play.
1: Yeah, and I mean seriously, he can't go beat Brooks Koepka at Bethpage. They're playing. Di- they're they are playing different sports at that point, point. and so I think. Tournaments like this are fascinating because you, you do see a guy like JT go and win it, but then you see somebody who is not long, like a, like a, uh, Kucher. I'm trying to think of who else has won this over the years who, who's not as long. Um, Jimmy Walker.
0: Yeah. Remember, remember he like shortened his driver like really short and was just playing like, <laughs> like get it 275 in the fairway. He won this back to back years. <laughs> he did. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, I, I think
1: that type of course, um, makes things, Super interesting because it brings so many more guys into play.
0: Yeah. So what this uh, much, uh, much more narrow fairways than uh, any of those guys saw in, in Maui last week, only 7,000 yards. There's only two par fives. What I think is really interesting is the yardage on this course has actually decreased in the last 30 years, which is a note that you yourself, Kyle, I was doing my research on this made last year, which I believe, I mean, there are not many courses that have been shortened over the last 30 years. No, and it and it's
1: and it's awesome because I think it's proof that you don't. <laughs> I say this, somebody's gonna go shoot like thirty one under or whatever. <laughs> but I think it's proof that you don't necessarily have to make courses ten thousand yards as long as you design them the right way. Now, some of this is like you're gonna see JT take it over the trees on whatever seventeen or eighteen or or whatever it is, and you're like, wow, that doesn't <laughs> that seems abnormal. Yeah, but, that's not fair. <laughs> um i i i i i hope that there are more courses that are designed in the future that are shorter that sort of um just make you make decisions you know that that's the whole thing i'm not like big architecture or whatever but uh i do like short courses because i think it gives uh it gives a lot of benefit to guys who are who are um ball strikers you know guys guys like j t guys uh, like somebody we're going to talk about in a second, Corey Connors, who are just elite ball strikers. And that's the name of the game. And that's what I want to see is guys hitting great shots into tough pin positions and, and scoring well.
0: Yeah. The plethora of par fours, um it does turn a bit into a ball strikers paradise. And and you named him Corey Connors is a guy I'm, I'm super excited about in 2020 because of that ball striking skill set that he has. He's awesome off the tee. He is awesome on approaches. It is literally just the flat stick. That is his issue. But, I'm on, you know, hashtag team no putt. Like I, I love Corey Connors. Um, literally if he gains like any strokes putting or just putts neutral for a week, he basically returns a, t- a top five performance. Like the last like three <laughs> times he has like gained like one stroke for the week putting, he, it's like third place, fourth place. It's, it's really unbelievable stuff. And he's a guy that, um, you know, he finished, he finished in a tie for third here last year coming off the Monday qualifier which was the best result for a Monday qualifier until he did it three months later, Monday qualified at the Valero Texas open and went out and won the thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've read the list on here before, but the T to green guys top the top 10 T to green guys last season. I mean, it's like, I don't have the list in front of me. It's like Rory, JT, Hideki, Brooks. Oh, Corey Connors is on here. <laughs> right. It's yeah. just, it's, it's kind of like shocking to see, but he, he's he does it like over extended periods of time it's kind of crazy honestly it's kind of wild that he uh he, that he does that so yeah it, it's all about the putter for him and uh yeah i'm interested to see how he plays this week where did he finish at tournament champions i didn't, I didn't even
0: see that i just had it up uh t 19 two under okay okay right. Paul Casey, Tyler, Duncan, Nate Lashley. Speaking of Nate Lashley, I guess Lashley did not Monday qualify for the Rocket Mortgage. He was just an he was an alternate in that event because he came in and won that thing too. Yeah, Doc uh, Doc Redman was the qualifier,
1: and he finished second. He was the Monday qualifier. He finished second in the event in the actual event, and Lashley was the alternate qualifier, Got and it. he won it. So both of the I, th- I think wow. there might have been one other Monday qualifier, but or maybe a couple. I I don't know. But they were, yeah, they were both Monday qualifiers and then went one two at the at the Rocket Mortgage. Beauty. So, uh,
0: yeah. So course history wise, we've got a lot of it since you know we've used the same course for a million years. And some of the guys that stand out in terms of uh you know historic strokes gained around here. No surprise to see Justin Thomas at the top of this list. Matt Kuchar, Charles Howe the third are three guys who are in the field this week. And then. Uh, two guys that aren't normally in play a lot of weeks, but you mentioned it. This is the week, Zach Blair and Brian Stewart. Uh, it, this course really does open up the possibility for some of these shorter, more accurate hitters, guys who can hit their irons or wedge as well to be in contention.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that, that, uh, Charles Howell the third has made like $20 million here over the course of his, of his career. Ain't that the truth? And, I, and I think, I think it's interesting for guys like, you know, somebody I was looking at is, uh, Colin Morikawa, who, I mean, he's, he's plenty long. He's like 295, 296 off the tee, which is kind of in that Spiethian range, maybe a little more than Spieth. But, uh, you know, he's not like JT or DJ long, mm-hmm. and, but he's, but he's an elite iron player, right? And so I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of week somebody like him has, uh, at a course. I don't know that he's played one of the shorter courses like this since he's been a pro. So I don't know. I'm kind of big on him this week.
0: So I actually had just stumbled across uh, a nugget on Morikawa, so I tweeted it out. And you're right. What we talk about a lot is he gets a lot of credit for his irons, and he should. He's, He's awesome at it. But he does it a little bit different than JT, but he's gained strokes off the tee in 75% of his rounds as a pro. So obviously wow. not as many as JT, but that's the same rate that JT gains off the tee. So yeah. like it's, it's really unbelievable, uh, what he's been able to do in such a short period of time. And, and yeah, interested to see what his first full year turns into. Cause I think I've only got like, you know, 12 measured, a, a tournaments for him just because he's, you know, played so little, but this is, this feels like a pretty good spot.
1: Uh, by the way, Corey Connors finished 27th in strokes gained putting last week at, uh, Capolo. Oh boy. Did you see where, um, did you see what DJ did putting? Uh,
0: he went nuts, right? He, well, I know hey. he made like
1: a billion feet of putts. He, so he finished, <laughs> let's see here. I've got it pulled up. He finished second in putting. Uh,
0: but he was, uh, like 21st from tee to green. His, his opening round, uh, off the tee was one of the worst Rounds of his career. Off he the lost,
1: tee. he lost, uh, three and a half strokes off the tee.
0: Yeah. I, I went back in my database. I could not find, it was like multiple years before i got even, even up to anything close. And then you know, what he did, <laughs> you know what he did in the round two is he, uh, led the field in strokes. Yeah. All the tee in round two, he bounced right back with it. Yeah.
1: Um, no, what were we talking about with Sony with, oh, I don't know, Mor- morikawa
0: or something? Yeah. Morikawa.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, that's it. That's really interesting because I think that. You know, I think that we 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 talk about length, length, length. Like that's the most important thing, and I think it is. I think I think you see that with guys like Hovland and and uh, you know, kind of Rory, the top guys in terms of of strokes hand off the tee. But there are also other ways to do it, and he seems to be more of a. I don't. I don't, this may or may not come to fruition. He seems to be more of kind of a precision guy from tee to green. And so I don't know. This just seems like a good fit for him. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And, again, with all these guys, it depends on how they putt. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued by him this week.
0: Yeah, what I like is, um, he, yeah, not super long, but he won't kill you off the tee, right? Like there's just right. some guys that, you know, you can be long and crooked, and that's a terrible, terrible combination of things. But he just won't kill you there, and then his irons are super awesome. Alright, so here we go. So, uh, let's wrap this up here. I've got a couple of over-unders on PGA Tour wins for the total, uh, for 2020. So this act, this already includes their wins already. So Justin Thomas already has two wins, right? In this, uh, his over-under is three and a half. So is he going to win two more times? Like, I, I don't, I, yeah, he certainly could, right? Uh, I would say yes. I, I get, really
1: leery about uh guys who have just won because it feels like they're never going to stop winning. But I also came into the year thinking it was going to be like a five-win type year for him. So I whether he had won yesterday or not, I think I would still say yes.
0: What I think is interesting about him is – He's obviously going to play all the big events, but he also like, I feel like he kind of shows up like some random places every yeah. now and then. Yeah. W- you know, whether it's, and they're not super random, but like Genesis or Honda or the RBC Canadian, like places he've, he's played over the years. I mean, even Safeway, obviously that's, um, already happened for, for this season, but like he's going to be the odds on favorite at a lot of events. So it would not surprise me one bit to see him, you know, cash two more of them. Yeah. Even, even like this week. You know, Sony, like, like, uh
1: you know, Rom and DJ, those guys are, are going home and JT's like, let's play another one. So, <laughs> right, right. yeah, that's a that's a good point.
0: All right. So speaking of uh the other two guys who are at, who are at three and a half wins, uh Rory McElroy who already has one and John Rom, I don't know if his I, I think he's winless on the year. Right. And in, in terms of what this uh, over under would include. But out of those two, Rory or Rom, who is more likely to finish with more than three and a half wins here, so four well, wins or more.
1: It's definitely Rory, but I don't think. I don't know. I don't think either will get there. I mean, Rom hasn't won on the PGA Tour in two years. He hasn't won since uh eighteen. Tory. I I, I think that's right.
0: Yeah, because you, can't, you know, you're not counting the Hero World Challenge, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and the rest of them are yeah European events. Uh, Career Builder. Mm, he would have yeah. won. But yeah, you're right. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, but yeah, he, he doesn't, he, and he doesn't play as much as like a JT on the PJ tour. So I think four for him would be a ton. Yeah. Um, it'd be a lot for Rory too. He was, what was he last year? Was he three or four? Three players, Canadian and tour championship. Yeah. And he's already got one this year, the HSBC. So I think it'll either be three or four. I'll say under. Okay,
0: under, I, I think I'm under on both of those guys. I mean, at some point, as <laughs> you're running out of tournaments, they all play the same ones. Um, I know, I know. if, if JT wins four or five, that takes away from some of these other guys at some point. All right. And then here is, I'll give you two more, uh, cause I think these are the more, mo- more interesting ones. Uh, we, we can't have a segment or a show where we, uh, don't talk about Tiger Woods. So he's, he's at one and a half here. Now the Zozo is one. So does, this is just, does Tiger win another event in t- 2020?
1: Uh, my prediction was that he would not uh, which is a dumb prediction but he's also (laughs) he's also sort of gone against everything that we've thought about him since he's returned I feel like every time we're like oh he's cooked he like goes out and wins yeah and then every time we're like oh he is gonna roll like after the masters he like was just toast for the whole summer and so I get I'm just like going against what everybody else is saying that that's my only that's like literally my only justification for for saying that he won't win again i'll
0: tell you in 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 betting uh going against the public is usually a pretty profitable way to go so you might be onto something there um it's close i mean he's won three times in his last 18 starts so if he plays another 18 in in 2020 do you think he can get one more um i i would probably you know my heart says yes my head says no just because the <laughs> the 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 sheer number of events he's he's going to play it's probably going to be much lower than a lot of these guys he's only going to play the big events with the best fields like there's really no gimmies out there for him so heart says yes um head says no i don't think i'd bet it and then the last guy here uh it's a, a half a win so will this guy win in 2020 or not and it is the man the myth the legend jordan speth yeah, I'm contractually obligated to
1: say yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh I I that that uh that is not based in data or reality really, but <laughs> I uh
0: <laughs> at least not I, this timeline that we're currently in, maybe another yeah,
1: time. I'm just riding this thing to the bottom of the ocean if it if it does happen to sink. So, I'm in. Yeah, give him a win.
0: I'm I'm really torn on this because long term I'm not I'm not a, a, a Speeth guy, but I do think he wins again, right? Like there's no way he doesn't win again. And I feel like this is such a critical year for him that I think he might play some events that we haven't seen him play before. Um He might go and, you know, like he will be one of the better players in the field at a lot of these events. If he goes and plays, like if he goes and plays, I don't know, I don't know if he will play John Deere again, but you know, something like that, right? Where he could be the guy and nobody grinds, like Jordan Spieth does, I, I I'm banking on him still being in this mentally and being able to figure it out physically. I think he will. I think he's definitely going to win again, and I I think he will win this year.
1: Welcome to the club. You can be the treasurer.
0: I'm not sure I want that title, but yeah, I, ex, I accept it. But uh, I'm very I, nervous about it.
1: <laughs> Real quick, did we actually make? I don't know if you remember this, but did we actually make our official uh, major predictions in the major podcast we did a couple of weeks ago?
0: I know we at least made a short list because um, so I, you... I remember talked about like Sung Jae at PGA Championship, Tiger at the Open. I don't know if we actually settled on like final picks. Do you have your final picks, or should we do that in another pod? I don't know if I have them handy. I mean, I have them in my head. If you want to go through it, well, I had to. I had to turn mine in today, so I needed like a i
1: i need. I needed a a partner here to just look cool, Sean. Yeah, foolish yeah you, go, on, you
0: go first. You go first. On
1: January 6th or whatever it is. Uh okay, so Masters, I've got Rory. I just I I can't I can't quit it. I, I I have issues, I have problems.
0: You do have problems. Um I believe I actually had JT. Uh and and just being like this is the year of JT and why not go get Augusta and then we can stop talking about the the big major that he hasn't won. Go get that.
1: Uh PGA, I've got uh I got John Rahm, and I don't know. The PGA, just especially at Harding Park, it feels like I don't know. Whoever gets hot for four days, uh, it just feels like a free for all. And he's just he's proven to be able to be that guy. And I think that I don't know. I he's talked about like changing his schedule a little to fit the majors better. So I'm I'm bullish on him winning a major this year.
0: I believe the PGA is where I had Rory at uh because Harding Park was where he won his match play, right? If I'm remembering that correctly. Correct. And um so I had him slotted in there although I have also uh financially tied myself to Sungjae at 140 <laughs> to 1 to capture that that major there.
1: <laughs> That's pretty
0: sexy. Um That's a good number.
1: I I love that. Uh, okay, US Open Wingfoot, I've got JT. I I don't know. I don't love it. I, I, I want to see him. I think, I think he's a, I think he's a tougher player. I think he's a more resilient player than he was three years ago or five years ago. Um, but I want to see him like really like up against it, really uncomfortable and kind of slay the dragon. Cause I don't know. The, the, the PGA at Quill Hollow, he just, he kind of rolled, which is, is great. Like that's a great way to win a major. I don't know, I guess he did have a little adversity, if I'm remembering correctly, on Sunday. But Wingfoot's going to be just, you know, a monster. And I think that I don't feel great about that pig, but I also do feel great about his stuff from like 150 and in. Mm. And that place is just so crazy. And I think that he's going to be really, really good around those greens. And uh I don't know, I, I, I have a feeling about him at Wingfoot.
0: We, this, this to me, is the most difficult one, not only because it's a U.S. Open and, and anything can happen, but, like, there's just so many. Like, you look at the list of names, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, all of these guys could win it. Um, I believe I settled on uh, – I like Patrick Cantlay here, and yeah. I think Cantlay is – sneaky long i don't think a lot of people realize that and yeah. um you know you get him on some fast greens i think he's going to be just fine and he's like 20 to 1 at the moment so he he was uh, he's another one of these guys that i think has too much talent to be major list for too long
1: yep i love it uh okay last one royal st george's uh open championship i got Xander. i think oh. that so the reason i have Xander is I think that and I said this on our on our pod after the tournament of champions I think he gets a little uncomfortable when he's out in front when yeah. he's like in pole position and I think the open is the easiest one to win from from behind, like from not out in front just cuz it gets a little chaotic and it gets weird um he's played well there before I know he hasn't played St. George's but I don't know I've got him winning uh, the final major of of 2020
0: Okay, this is the other one that I already have a little financial uh, incentive into, so it's uh, I have Tiger Woods here. Um just because mm-hmm. I I I think he can go out and do it and if there's an opportunity where he can kind of club down a little bit, hit a bunch of those little, you know, 3 iron stingers off the tee, his his approach game is is you know, second to none. I know he's going to be gearing up for these type of events. I'm I I'm very excited about it and I got a good number on him. I love it. So you do think he's going to be over one and a half wins? well, I guess I do because at least at least my bank account would appreciate it, and that was the, the heart was betting the open championship, not uh not the head, but yeah, so I guess uh I'm playing both sides of the coin all now. That's great, I love it, cool. Uh, all right, that'll do it for this episode of the first cut. I'd like to thank Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. I'm Rick Gaiman. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick Rungood. If you like what you hear, don't be afraid. Give us a little five star rating and review. And uh we'll catch you again soon.